The Vape Passion Show, episode 35. Hey, welcome back to The Vape Passion Show. This is episode 35. I'm recording this on September 25th. The Broncos just beat the Bengals, so uh, I'm happy about that. And in celebration, I'm going to drink a beer. So I'm starting out with Shock Top Lemon Shandy, which I've never had before. It's a Belgian-style wheat brewed with spices and with natural lemonade flavor added. So it sounds pretty good. And since I have a beer this week that I already want to drink, because uh, last week I had e-juice that I wanted to pair with a beer. So I used the Pairwise app to, to find what kind of beer to pair with it. Um, this week I'm going to do the opposite with Pairwise again. All you need to do is open up the app and instead of suggesting beer, you want to click the button that says suggest food because you already have your beer. So then you enter what beer you have. And since I have Shock Top, I'm going to go ahead and search for the brewing company and then find all of their, their list of beers. And in that list, I'll find the Lemon Shandy. And then you can see they have things like side dishes like blueberry muffins, pumpernickel. Um, then if you scroll down, you see fruits, you see watermelon and blueberries, entrees. That doesn't make any sense for what we're doing here. Some desserts, maybe devil's food cake. I've never had a devil's food cake e-juice but I've seen that they exist. Coffee cake, carrot cake, and that's about it here. So uh, I don't really have many flavors on this list. Watermelon blueberry sound the best to me, but I don't have a really good watermelon or a really good blueberry, but I do have Smurf, the, the very end of it you can see here. And this is a like a blueberry Slurpee type of flavor or a blueberry popsicle. So that's as good as I have. And this is actually my favorite e-juice. So hopefully it works out. It makes sense though that a, like a blueberry or watermelon flavor would go well with a lemonade drink. I'm imagining this is probably gonna be pretty good. All right, now I have my iStick 100 watt TC and the Sub-Zero RDA on top, just like I had last week. I've been really enjoying this setup. Um, fresh cotton in there. And uh, let's go ahead and get some of that Smurf on there. All right, let's drink the beer first. Ooh, that's a good beer. I wasn't expecting that much lemon flavor. Mmm, man, blueberry and this lemon shandy, they go to, together perfectly. That is a really good pairing. I wish I had a, like a really good, just a, a really good straight blueberry flavor or a really good watermelon flavor. I think those would go really well with this lemon shandy. I'm going to have to pick this up again because that's really good. And then I'm going to have to go on a search for some uh, good watermelon and blueberry e-juices. I've had blueberry e-juices before, and uh, none of them have really... I mean, they're all okay, but nothing has really blown me away, so I have to, I'll have to look around and see if I can find something really good. All right, so as for some updates for me, um, so I do have an order coming in for some things that I bought. Uh, eFun.top, if you've ever looked at their website, they do a lot of really good sales. Um, and just recently they had the Theorem for $10 and the Indie Duo for $10, so I bought both of those. And then while I was there, I also bought the K-Fun V3 clone and the Goon clone. I do plan to buy the Goon, the authentic Goon, later, but it was only $5, I think, $6 on eFun.top, so I just went for it while I was making an order. The K-Fun V3, uh, I probably won't buy the authentic version of that ever, just because the K-Funs are too expensive for me. So I just said, screw it, I'm going to get the clone and see what it's like. So I'm excited to get that order. Uh, I should have that 
I don't know, maybe a week, maybe two weeks. Efund.top, I believe, is in China, so it takes a long time to get their orders, just like with uh, any Chinese company like FastTech or GearBest. Now that I'm mentioning GearBest, I actually won a contest from GearBest. Uh, this was on CheapVapingDeals.com. So I won a $50 gift card. I haven't seen that hit my account yet. Hopefully everything goes smoothly and I get that $50 gift card because that'll be really cool. I'll probably wait for a really good sale before I use it. I'm not sure what I want yet. The one thing that I've been really wanting though is a squonker device. I don't own one and I've, I've been really wanting to try it out. So uh, maybe I'll, I'll look for a sale and get a squonker. That new DNA75 Lost Vape Therion looks pretty sweet. So um, $50 would be nice to put towards that cost because I think it's like $120, $150. They're pretty expensive. So I'm excited for that. Let's see what else. Oh, so I soaked some pre-built coil heads in some vodka the other day to clean them. Uh, it's a really popular method that a lot of people talk about, but it's not something I've ever actually done myself. I've given that advice to people before, just based on what I've, I've heard from other people. Um, I knew it worked just because everyone else says, says it works, but I wanted to try it for myself, so I did that. And it worked really good. Um, I'll show some pictures on the, on the vlog video I post on YouTube if you want to see. But uh, cleaned them really well and uh, let them dry for a day, and they taste just fine. So it seemed to work pretty good. The only drawback to that method that I found was that it doesn't fully clean the coil wire because you can't get the cotton out and dry burn. So um, that's one drawback. And that kind of sucks because uh, dry burning the coil to get all the gunk off is actually a really good way of like fully resetting the flavor output of a coil. But you can't do that with this method. So uh, that's about as good as you can get. It's just getting it nice and clean. So it still worked pretty good. Uh, I'll definitely keep doing it in the future just to save a little bit of money on pre-built coil heads because sometimes those, those can get pretty expensive. And then I wanted to talk about something that uh, I've, I've actually gotten comments on some of my videos before about this, and that's the jump cuts that I do. And uh, I know that they can be kind of annoying. Uh, I've, I've heard people say things to me um, that it reminds them too much of Rip Trippers because he's, uh, you know, the king of jump cuts. But um, a lot of people do it, actually. It's um, maybe not so much in the vape community, but just people on YouTube in general do jump cuts. And the reason people do it is because it cuts down on the length of the videos. It lets you shorten them up. And then you can cut out, like, unnecessary statements or dead air, things like that. You know, it, uh, recording these videos, it's not always easy. You're, you're talking and talking, and then all of a sudden you, you draw a blank and then you don't know what to say anymore. And that happens to me a lot. So I have to do jump cuts or else you'll be watching an hour and a half long video with a whole bunch of nonsense and uh, you know dead space in it. So that's why I do jump cuts. But uh, the reason I brought this up is because Twisted420, he just did a, a really funny parody video of jump cuts. He called it super cuts, something like that. He did it in a way that, that made it look like he was doing jump cuts and then time would fast forward and his friend was uh, missing all of these events during the day. So his friend was eating a sandwich and then he was about to take a bite and then he would do a jump cut. And then all of a sudden he'd be back at Twisted's house uh, having not even eaten his sandwich, forgetting that he's e eaten it. So it was pretty funny. You should check that out for sure. It was a good video. But yeah, I just wanted to let you know why I do jump cuts because I know it can be jarring sometimes and uh, a little bit annoying but that's why I do it. All right, let's get into some new stuff. The FDA sent out an email saying that they have given warnings to 55 vendors uh, for selling to minors. I scrolled through the list on the FDA website of those vendors who were caught selling to minors, and a lot of them were tobacco shops, convenience stores, grocery stores, and liquor stores. But out of that list of 55 vendors, 
22 of them were vape shops, or at least that's how many I counted. There might have been more, but those were all online sales. None were in brick and mortars, uh, as far as I could tell. There are two things that come to mind when I hear that number. One, vape shops really need to step it up in regards to their age verification processes. And two, these regulations are really confusing to vendors, and even when they think they're covered, they might not be according to the FDA's unclear policies. Uh, it's just so confusing to everybody right now. I've heard a lot of stories recently actually from vendors talking about the FDA sending minors into their shops to buy products. Um, so it's something that all vendors definitely need to be cautious of right now and uh, really training their employees on. It looks like brick and mortar shops are actually doing a pretty good job of this right now, but online stores definitely need to be more careful especially because of the difficulty of verifying age online. I've also heard a lot of people complaining that the FDA isn't taking action against minors purchasing with stolen credit cards. But I think that's a straw man argument. It's not really relevant to the problem at hand, and from what I understand, unauthorized purchases isn't something that the FDA is even looking at anyway. It's also not the FDA's job to take action against consumers and stolen credit cards. Because an unauthorized purchase, that's considered fraud, and that's up to the card owner on whether or not they want to press charges. The FDA has nothing to do with that. This is just a part of credit cards in general, no matter what product or service is purchased. Now, I'm not trying to take the FDA's side here, but I'm just trying to point out that this is a pointless argument not worth pursuing. But I would be interested in hearing what the FDA would do if a minor did use a parent's credit card and was caught by their parent who reported the vape shop to the FDA. I I wonder if that would constitute a violation of that law. That's uh, not something I've heard answered yet. All right, now let's talk about some new products. So I saw on a Facebook thread, um, someone posted about the Dragon Ball RDTA. Uh, this is a new one from Fumitech. It's not out yet, I don't believe. And uh, the person who posted it said, this pissed me off. A company has named an RDTA the Dragon Ball, which is based off of a cartoon. So really there are two big issues here that people have brought up with this product and products similar to it copyright infringement and marketing to kids. So copy, copyright infringement sucks, um, but we're only gonna focus on the issue of marketing to kids in this segment. So it's true, it's based off of a cartoon, but it was an anime cartoon that was popular nearly 20 years ago, which targeted a male audience of 16 and up, uh, not little kids. And there actually still is a Dragon Ball series still running, but it's nowhere near as popular as it once, once was, or even being aired in the United States but that's besides the point. So the people who grew up with Dragon Ball are now adults and it's not like these RDTAs are accessible to kids anyway. There are a lot of people saying that this isn't what the industry needs right now, um, not just about this RDTA but products like this in general and the question I have for those people is, is it ever going to be okay to come out with an e-juice or vape gear that relates in some way to something that is enjoyable to kids? At what point will it be okay? I, I totally understand that reasoning you know, the, the FDA is really trying to crack down on, on vape products right now, and not only the FDA, but politicians and anti-vaping advocates, things like that. So, yeah, I, I get it, but I wonder if it's, if it's ever going to be okay. Like, is this a, a battle we're just going to have to give up? The concerns about vape products appealing to kids is a long-standing issue, which started when regulators and anti-vaping groups claimed that Vape, vape companies were trying to appeal to kids with flavors like cotton candy and bubblegum. We continue to fight these claims all the time, usually with the stance that adults like candy too. Adults also like lemonade, apple juice, root beer, just like kids do, and that's why we have sweet flavored alcohol like hard lemonade, hard cider, and hard root beer. Both adults and kids like cereal too, and that's why these flavors exist in vaping, because adults like them. So why is it different for other vape products? This is my own opinion, but I feel like some people in the vape community are being hypocritical in saying that 
Candy-flavored e-juices are fine, but cartoon-based products are not. Sure, things like Hello Kitty and Pokemon, they appeal to kids, but adults like that stuff too. And adults like Batman, they like Star Wars, a lot of kid-related things. So why should we not have products like this too? It's not like these products are being sold in the toy aisle of a grocery store. They're only sold in vape shops, where you need to be 18 or 21 up to enter, depending on where you live. Kids can't buy it, so what's the big deal? After it's purchased, it's up to the adults to hide it from their kids, just like they would with any adult product. I don't think that we should let politicians, regulators, and anti-vaping organizations tell us that we can't have fun products like this based on theoretical what-ifs. If, if we do, they win. And it's stuff like this that causes vapors to attack their own community and to go on witch hunts against vendors like Fumitech, and it only hurts ourselves. I'm not saying that we should let anyone do as they please just because we don't want to harm our image. Uh, but I, I do think that we need to hold anyone and everyone in the industry accountable if they have unethical practices. For example, if someone is directly advertising to kids or skirting other laws. But I just don't feel like we should attack our community as if we are the regulators. People do worry that products like these can be used against us to further regulate the industry. And that's one area where I'm kind of on the fence. Uh, I'd like to think that lawmakers would be able to see that adults like candy and cartoons too, but it's pretty clear that they don't think that far ahead. But if we caved to the lawmakers on this, how much further will anti-vaping groups go to regulate the industry to the point where they say there's no more appeal to children? This is where you need to start worrying that the only things available will be closed tank systems, or that the only choice of flavors would be menthol, clove, and tobacco. And if you think that's crazy, just look at New Jersey, where a flavor ban might actually happen. The ban has already been approved by the state's Senate Health Committee. If this bill is approved by the full state, Senate, and Assembly, then signed by Chris Christie, that's it. There's a flavor ban. Vapors will only have menthol, clove, and tobacco-flavored e-juice in New Jersey. How far do you think that the regulators will go to say that e-juices or, or vape gear no longer appeals to kids? I think you have to put a stop somewhere. You have to put your foot down. And I just don't think that we should let them take these fun things away from us. So what do you think? Do you think we should put a stop to bringing products like this on the market? If you have any disagreements with uh, my whole position, uh, or if you have anything to add, please send me an email or uh, comment on my YouTube channel because I'd, I'd really be interested in hearing your thoughts. But anyway, going back to the original Dragon Ball RDTA, I actually want one. Uh, I think it's kind of funny looking, but I was a huge Dragon Ball Z fan when I was a kid, uh, about the age of from around 16 to 18, or 16 to 19, and then a uh, Dragon Ball GT fan after that. Uh, a group of my friends would get together every Wednesday and uh, we'd watch the latest episode. I, we loved it. And I decided to see what was going on with the Dragon Ball series uh, as I was uh, putting together this segment. And I learned that Dragon Ball Super, which is out now, um, but not translated for the US, it's the first Dragon Ball series, television series, to be produced in nearly 20 years. And that it will see an English translation released in the US in the second quarter of this year. I'm actually really excited for that. And uh, hopefully I can find some time to watch it. All right, the next topic I wanna talk about um, so this is some really big news that people have been talking about in the past week, and that's that Enjoy has filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy. A lot of people don't realize how big of a role that Enjoy has played in keeping e-cigs available to vapors. In 2010, they fought the FDA in court to prevent vapor products from being classified as an unregulated drug delivery device. After the FDA lost this battle, that's when they began the process of trying to regulate it as a tobacco product, which is where we are today. But without Enjoy, we very likely wouldn't have any of the vapor products that we have today. We really owe a lot to them. They've continued to support lobbying efforts for vapor products, supporting trade organizations, and they have played a major part in consumer advocacy. Something else that a lot of people don't realize 
is that Enjoy is an independent company based in the United States and has always prided themselves on not being owned by a, a tobacco company. This is a company worth supporting and that's why I talk so highly of them all the time. Enjoy hit it really big in the, when the vapor industry really started taking off. Uh, they received funding that valued them at $1 billion in 2014. And now, according to the bankruptcy filing, they owe more than $32 million and have since accumulated a deficit of $234.5 million. One of the claims stated in the filings was that Enjoy's King product, which is a disposable Sigalike, went from $93 million in sales in 2013 to just $7.4 million in 2015. So what happened between 2013 and now? Some people are thinking it's because new and better products have come onto the market and people just aren't, weren't as interested in Sigalikes anymore. And in that time, thousands of new manufacturers and stores started doing business, which ate into Enjoy's profit. Enjoy didn't really evolve much over the last few years, and that could have played a part in their demise. They tried entering the open tank market with their uh, the release of the artist collection e-juice, but it seems that it just wasn't enough. Other people believe that the FDA's recent rulings might have had something to do with this. Uh, Dr. Michael Siegel, for example, he pointed out on his blog that Enjoy had substantial expenses in preparing for the FDA deeming regulations. While that probably was pretty expensive for Enjoy, it looks like there were a lot of other issues that resulted in their large amount of debt, namely that failure of the King product. But also they had things like sponsorship, sponsorships and uh, legal fees. So I guess the question now is, what does this mean for Enjoy? Well, Chapter 11 bankruptcy, at least from what I'm finding online, usually means that the company hopes to restructure and continuing doing business on a smaller scale. From what I've been reading though, it's a really complicated process and sometimes ends up moving into chapter 7 bankruptcy and liquidation of the assets due to how complicated it is. Um, I really hope it doesn't come to that for these guys. I'm actually really sad to hear this news because um, I'm a big fan of Enjoy. Their products are more catered towards beginners, um, but uh, I, I use their dailies all the time. I love them and I also buy their pre-fill tanks. I like those a lot too. And uh, I'm just a big fan of their company and their ethics. They also have a, their artist collection is also amazing, but it's pretty sweet. Uh, my biggest fear is that they'll either go out of business or sell off the business to Big Tobacco. I really hope none of, their, none of those things happen. Okay, and then Mooch, Battery Mooch, he just mentioned that he's updated his uh, battery, recommended batteries list. Um, one, some of the things that he's done is he's taken out uh, batteries from any vendors who are like overly exaggerating their uh, like amp limits and things like that. He's only done this for the 18650s, I believe. For example, he took out the Aspire batteries, which were uh, very well performing batteries, but the reason he took them out is because there are so many other really good 18650s on the market that don't over-exaggerate their specs on the battery wraps that he thinks those people uh, are, are, should be the battery manufacturers that we support. So that's why he took those batteries off. He hasn't changed the 26650s or the, I forget the other ones, 18350s. And the reason for that is because there aren't any really big manufacturers actually producing high quality batteries in those areas. So he has to leave that as with just as good as we can get right now. Um, but one thing he did add, he did a, a recent test of iJoy's 26650 battery, and uh, if you've ever done any research on 26650s, you know that there's really nothing good on the market. Um, nothing really, really good. I mean, like, like the, like a 30 amp battery in an 18650 category. But what he found with these iJoy batteries is that they actually are a 30 amp battery. Um, on the wrap, they claim that they're 40 amps, which uh, isn't accurate. But this is, it appears to be the first 26650 that is actually 30 amps. So you can actually get some really good power out of these batteries. Um, 
I've heard people saying that they're really hard to find. I did a little bit of research and I found three vendors at least that are selling these batteries. Um, you can get them from efund.top for $13.99 for a pair, I believe. And let's see, then you can get them from heavengifts.com for $20 each. Um, and then the last one here, Fast Tech, you can get them for $10.43 each. So not too bad. All three of those places, it's gonna take a while to get that order, but at least you know you can find them online. So uh, really cool, I'm definitely gonna order some. And then the last thing I wanted to mention is that I created a vaping resources page on my website. Um, you can get to that by going to vapepassion.com slash vaping dash resources, or you can just go to the website and look in the, the main navigation at the top of the page, you'll find a link there. So this is a list of my favorite vaping websites and my recommended vape resources. So I have a few different sections here. I plan to add some more, but uh, like vape news, I have guide to vaping and spin fuel. For vape forums, I have a vaping multi-reddit that I created and it had that multi-reddit has 32 subreddits in it. So uh, a lot of good stuff in there. Uh, then I also have e-cigarette forum, vapingunderground.com. For DIY vaping, I need, I, I have some good resources to add here, but right now I only have eliquidrecipes.com, but I will be adding some more. As for vaping social, social communities, I have myvaporium.net and the vapedom. And then for vape podcasts, I have my own show, obviously. And then I have Culture of Clouds, which is with uh, Grim Green and Ruby Roo, and Let's Vape from Vaping Vic and Joe Cloudy. Another one I probably will add is the Mount Baker Vapor, podcast because that's a really good one I, I really enjoy that one too and then for other resources I have juicedb.com which is a uh, if you've never been there it's a large database of e-juice reviews and then vapecrawler.com which is just like juicedb except for for hardware and then finally I have Mooch's recommended batteries list because I think that that just needs to go on every vape resource page it's just so useful and everyone needs to see all right so a short one this week uh, you'll find the show notes for this episode on vapepassion.com. This is episode 35 if you want to look it up. If you want to support the show, consider donating to my Patreon page at patreon.com slash vapepassion or you can buy from one of the vendors that I link to on my website. That helps me too. You can follow me on Twitter at vapepassion. I'm also on Facebook. You can subscribe to my weekly email on vapepassion.com. And like always, if you have any questions or comments, please feel free to email me at alex at vapepassion.com. All right, I'll see you next week.